Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to episode 46 of the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from our massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. And on today's show, uh, we're not only literally going all over the map with our guest, Ben Kepis, but we're doing our very first show from the future. So Ben's coming to us as our first guest from New Zealand. Uh, it is uh, Thursday here in the United States. It is Friday in New Zealand. So uh, the, you know we're, we're getting basically... Uh, crystal Ball Insight from uh, one of the, the industry leaders around cloud computing. Um, and we thought today we would we'd have some fun because, you know, for, for people that follow Ben or people that may not know him as well, um, you're involved with things all over the map. So welcome to the show, and uh, how are you today? Thanks, man. It's, it's awesome to be here, and, and um, you're not the first person to say that I'm prescient. Uh, living in the future kind of helps. Uh, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to, to talking to you guys um, Cloud is an insanely interesting space for, for the hundred or so of people in the world of us who actually watch it, and uh, it's always good to talk. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's a few things. Um, obviously, you're, you're involved with a lot of stuff. We're going to get into a lot of things. You know, one of the things that I'd love to sort of dive into just as far as your background and so forth for anybody that, that isn't familiar with you, um, and Aaron and I have this conversation all the time. When you don't live in Silicon Valley, or maybe you don't live in, say, Austin or Boston, or one of the sort of gravitational centers of the technology world, I'm always very interested from a background, from a how you stay connected perspective, um, from somebody like yourself who's uh, not only you know in not in the same time zone, but I mean a long way away. So give us some background in yourself. Give us some 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 sense of you know how you stay so connected uh, in the technology world and the cloud computing space, not only. In your native, you know, New Zealand and Z, but but all over the world. Sure, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, so uh, there's a couple of things going on, and in terms of um, how did I get into this space, it was all very sort of serendipitous and fortuitous. Uh, I'm a I'm a business guy. I own and run um, kind of a, a huge number of, of small businesses, and I've always had to wrangle technology in those businesses. And so, um, from wrangling technology, I started talking about technology, technology, and all of a sudden, it kind of rolled into this in terms of um you know i've been lucky with my timing i started um you know talking commentating about the space i, I guess six or eight years ago um and you know obviously cloud is this massive wave and i've, I've, I've ridden a wave and I've, I've, I've built a bit of a brand for myself and part of that has been through you know i spend a lot of time on, on airplanes i'm in the u.s um at least every month and and more often sometimes um you know, I, I I use Twitter. I use you know I use all the tools. You know, we're talking on Skype now. I you know Google Hangouts. You know, you, you name it, I use it. And and to be honest, um, I I live in New Zealand. I live in paradise. But the reality is is essentially that I, I work in the US. And so, you know, sometimes it's a drag not being at every meetup, not being able to share you know every every beer that that goes on with the Clatterati. But at the end of the day, I kind of. I kind of um, managed to keep myself connected, even though I'm I'm not there all the time. And Ben, you, you mentioned about you being on airplanes all the time, and yet it seems like you are in the U.S. about every month or almost every week. It seems like sometimes. What are some of the like major shows or major highlights or, or places to really hang out and you know to really stay connected in the industry? Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, I, I have to say that um, the, the, the Clatterati, you know, the the this this um, crazy 
Twitter group that's been going now for, for four or five years, started by, by, by Sam J. Um, you know, from the outside, it looks like um, one great big circle jerk, if you excuse the term, you know, a, a, a bunch of people, you know, self-congratulating, self-congratulating in, a, in a big echo chamber. But beyond that, you know, um, those folks, um, without wanting to sound kind of hip and cool, those, those folks are my peeps. And so, um, you know, it, it, it's a bunch of people that that work together in the broader sense of the term and, and that are buddies. And, yeah, we argue and we have disagreements and we redefine the cloud every 25 minutes. But but at the end of the day, you know, there's some good folks. And so um, it's, it's always good to to get to events where there's there's a lot of the clouderati there. And so, you know, Cloud Connect in March, for some reason, happens to be quite a draw card. A bunch of people go there. Um, Defrag, um, always like to give a shout-out to, to Eric Norlin, who, who organises two of by far the best conferences in the world, Defrag and Glue, um, there in, in Colorado. Um, you know, basically, uh, when you spend as much time as event, at events as I do, um, there's not too much that you hear that is new or revolutionary. So really for me what um, what makes an event is is having a lot of folks there that um, I want to hang out with, that I want to spend time with, that I want to catch out with. And uh, just, you know, I have to say getting past the, the, the Cloud 101 basic conversations. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not so arrogant to think that um, the whole world is, where, is at where... Is, is where we are at. You know, the fact is that we do need to explain cloud to a lot of people, but it's nice to kind of be in a room with with people where you don't have to do that anymore. That's all been done. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, you're right. It, it's a weird phenomenon because um, everybody who's been doing it, even for a little while, feels like they've been doing it and then you kind of realize it's you're, you're the 1%, you're the 3%, you're the 5%, and there are still a lot of people that are just trying to make sense of this stuff. So yeah, it, that piece of it, is a little is a little frustrating, like you said, when you're when you're kind of reinventing the definitions every couple of months. Sometimes, you know, the vendors do it because it's a follow the money thing. But sometimes it's oh, okay, we, we've learned enough stuff. We do need to reinvent some stuff. Um, it, it does make it sort of challenging. So so let's talk a little bit. Um, you know, like we we mentioned in the introduction, you you wear a lot of hats. Um, one of them is as an analyst, a commentator, somebody who um, a lot of groups go to for insight into you know what's going on in the industry. Um, we're halfway through the year. Um, what what are you seeing as as the very interesting major trends, the sort of changing strategies? Because because 2012 has been a, a pretty big year in terms of not only announcements but but people throwing their weight behind things, throwing their money behind things, and some some very interesting shifts going on. Sure. Yeah, it's funny. I saw last night there was a cloud camp in, in the UK, and, and, and Shanley gave a uh, a presentation there where she was saying um, she said a lot of things, but one of the things she seemed to say was that was that the, the cloud API wars was something that was completely invented by by analysts and marketers, and it's completely self serving, um, which is fine. Which is funny because at the end of the day, there's millions and millions of dollars that companies have 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 invested. Um, Based on these cloud wars, you know, be it you know Amazon, Eucalyptus, uh, you know Rackspace or the OpenStack crowd, um, CloudStack, and 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 the cloud wars are are real. You know, at the end of the day, we're looking at a a major shift in the way technology is delivered, and in any major shift, there are new kings made and old kings you know fall by the wayside, and that is nothing but war that that's the reality there's a war going on out there and so so that's really interesting for me um 
and, and part of that, not not so much in terms of the, 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 the stack wars, part of the interesting thing for me is what's happening with the incumbents. And I, I like to um, to watch VMware reasonably closely, and, and I'm really interested by what's gone on. You know, they've they're doing a bunch of different things. You know, they're doing the whole ap- application stuff from you know Slide Rocket to Socialcast to Zimbra. Um, they introduced Cloud Foundry, and, and you know, platform as a service, um, I believe, is is the future of the cloud and and and, and really exciting future, and, and and that that's great. But VMware have a, a bit of a history of being a um, a particular type of organisation, and I'm I'm really fascinated to see. How all of that shakes down, how Cloud Foundry shakes down, how the acquisition of Dynamic Ops the other day shakes down. Um, you know, it's really interesting watching those um, canny and wily traditional vendors, um, if you can call a vendor that's only been around for sort of 10 years um, traditional, you know, see how they react to this, this brave new world. And, and let me ask you this so the, the Dynamic Ops. Um, acquisition this week. You, you wrote a very interesting analysis about it. Would you mind telling everyone a little bit more about that? Yeah, so so it's it's intensely interesting for me because um, beyond any of the sort of vagaries of, of of moving here and there, it's an admission by VMware that their future isn't completely homogeneous. That people are going to use are going to what to use different stuff. Depending on the situation, and so that is a is a pretty staunch admission. Um, what they do with it, whether they you know keep it very pr- proprietary uh, as VMware has done, you know traditionally, or whatever, we we don't know. I think um, you know a, f- a few months ago I was invited to speak to a bunch of um, investment bankers and, and VC firms and stuff like that, and to give my take on on what I think were the you know hot spaces, I guess, or the hot investments to make. Um, and as an aside, I was shocked by just how little those people who are investing billions and billions of dollars don't understand the stuff. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, sure. When when I was asked what's hot, you know, to me, anything that straddles a bunch of different things. So, for example, you know, in in the in the application space, integration services that straddle a bunch of different applications. Um, at the platform space, you know, management uh, consoles that straddle a, a bunch of different services. And at the infrastructure space, you know, I, I've been bullish for a long, long time about Instratus, partly because, um, you know, George Reese, co-founder and CTO, is um, an incredibly nice guy and, a, and an amazing member of the cloud community. But also because what they're doing absolutely um, captures the zeitgeist, if you will, of, of where technology is going. And so any of those plays that really straddle a, a bunch of different services. And so, you know, Dynam- Dynamic Ops is um, is kind of the first we've seen at the infrastructure layer of VMware moving away from vCloud is the way, the truth, and the light and everything to a... Yeah, we need to provide tools that allow people to ma- to to manage their workloads across, you know, m- multiple stacks, multiple hypervisors, and that's that's really interesting. And have we reached a point where, like like you mentioned, VMware, you know, I don't know, maybe ten years old or so, 
is that like 10 years is now the new old company? <laughs> you know, we don't have companies that are in technology starting to move so fast that, uh, you know, what is an old company anymore? And, and what at what point do the companies get so big? And, you know, all the time you hear these days, VMware um, is kind of following the, the Microsoft path in many ways. And, you know, a lot of times, I guess, if you look at Maritz, it might make sense. Um, well, ten, ten, so. years, 10 years is probably... You know, whether you call it old or you know mature or whatever, ten years is probably realistically the time where you say um, that company is going to go through a really really significant um, business model shift, right? Be, you know whether it's Google who has to. I mean, Google's kind of in the same boat as, as VMware, where it's like you go from one business model, one revenue source to I've got to try a bunch of different ones and, and, you know, things like cloud foundry, which is open source or the, or, you know, things like slide rocket and so forth, which are, you know, SaaS applications, totally different business model 10 years in than they were with hypervisors, sort of similar to Google with ads. And now all of a sudden it's, how do I make money in phone operating systems or, or whatever? And I, I think you're right. I mean, Facebook's going to come up on 10 years here pretty soon and uh, they're going to go through that. So, I mean, 10 years is probably, you know, the, the new benchmark. I think, I think you're probably right, Aaron. Whether you call it old or new, you know, maybe call it puberty, right? It's hit puberty or something like that. Right? <laughs> well, it's, a, it's interesting because if you look, you know, I spend a lot of time watching Salesforce because, you know, they're a really interesting, interesting yeah. company and they're, they're 12 years old now. The reality is if you were going to today start up a, a company to be the new, you know, the new Oracle, I guess, uh, or the new SAP, would you, would you build a data center? You probably wouldn't. Would you use some, you know, open source technologies on which to build you know your platform you you probably would um, absolutely you know the the rate of change the velocity of of, of, of of what's happening in this industry is increasing and yeah 10, 10 is the new 20 is the yeah. new 30 is the new 40 <laughs> so let I, me ask you this Ben so uh, the, the other kind of major sh- shift or trend that, I, that we were you know Brian and I have been kind of following this year is the the kind of relabeling of uh, of public cloud and almost enterprise cloud, if you will, and uh, going up against the idea originally of okay, if you want to do um, a lot of these public cloud kind of things, you're rewriting your apps from the ground up to be elastic, to take advantage of this, to do that, and and you're seeing a lot of almost kind of backpedaling or remessaging a lot this year around that particular market because a lot of enterprises are. are kind of at least in my experience kind of looking at it and going what no I, I'm not going to rewrite those apps you know I'm not going to do that for I don't know another five years ten years something like that and what are you seeing around the adoption of cloud computing based specifically around that trend yeah it's interesting and I, I always use um, Christian Riley as, as, as the real bellwether here because uh, not only is he someone who innately understands the cloud but he does so from a perspective working inside one of the largest, you know, enterprises, the, you know, the largest construction, engineering construction uh, company in the world. And so, you know, at the end of the day, who am I sitting here on my um, on my throne to say what's going on inside enterprise? You know, that, that the reality is what Christian sees, and and he's talked a, a, a number of times about um, the, the fact that you know there are all these legacy applications, all these existing workloads that. Will continue to run on you know on their mainframes on their AS four hundreds on their whatever that and are never going to move to the cloud and and why should they you know they're working no one wants to touch them because they're going to break you know they 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 
form you know critical parts of the of the business. But what do people want to do? Well, people simply want to have access to their data, and so no problem with the application sitting there doing what it does. But all we want to do is expose some of that data to you know to mobile devices, to to, to different form factors, to to, to, to whatever. And so um, I, I I really think that when I talk about cloud and when I talk about the changes in, in enterprise, I talk much more broadly than any one technology. I talk, you know, generational shifts, the demand for tools that are like those that we're using at home. I talk, you know, mob, mobile access, mobile data. I talk collaboration, you know, agility. All these things together are, are the broader landscape of, of what I'm seeing. And yet, you know, cloud... Um, and, and cloud very broadly because you know API enablement isn't cloud per se, but that's kind of part of the package. Um, cloud with, with a capital C, I guess, is an enabler for a lot of these different things, and so it's tying together a, a bunch of different threads. Okay, so I, we could we could probably go on and on about you know what's going on trends and, and so forth, and um, but let's let's sort of shift gears a little bit, um, but kind of in this in that same vein, so. One of the other hats that you wear is as an investor, which means that um, you're you're working with a number of companies. Uh, you can go out to your website. You've got disclosure about who all you work with. But you know some of them are, you know, cloud computing centric companies. They're technology companies. I think one of them is is uh, uh, Cloudability. So Matt Ellis and the guys out in Seattle who are doing you know some of the very cool stuff around costing around cloud and so forth. Um, you know, as your as your Acting as an investor, but you're also thinking from the perspective of, you know, thinking about what do customers want, what do businesses want, or it could be your businesses. How much, how much do you think, or how far along do you think we are in terms of people saying, um, "I love these new services. They're they're simpler to to consume. They're simpler to kind of understand visually. They're easier." Um, but but there's this concern about will they still be in business? Will they will they be around in two years? What what will happen to my data? How how much does that play a role in you know what you're investing in or you know as you're talking to people? How much do you hear that discussed? Yeah, there, there's a lot of that. Um, from an investment perspective, it's it's more about you know this place this this market is so frothy and there's so much roll up going to happen with with larger vendors acquiring. Um, you know, dis- discrete parts of technology, and so, you know, for me, it's more about, you know, if I look at and, and cloudability, um, actually they're Portland, not Seattle, by the oh, way. Okay. Yep. Um, oh, that's right, you're right. <laughs> yep, yep. I should know that. You know, if, if I look at those guys, you know, I look at what they're doing, and yes, absolutely, there's a problem space there with with people not having visibility over their cloud spend, but, you know, looking at what cloudability does, um, they are absolutely fantastic executors you know Matt Ellis is um, around and about wrangling deals partnering you know doing funding rounds doing doing all the stuff um, and and that's what it takes and so you know when I when I talk to companies and I do a lot of you know a, a bunch of advisory work um, outside you know I only do a tiny wee bit of investing but I do a lot of advisory work with a lot of companies and you know I, I talk to companies and say that you know really that the technology or the solution is is unfortunately maybe a very small part of, of of what you're doing, and sort of eighty percent of it is is being seen, presence, being seen as a thought leader, partnering. And so, you know, I'm helping out a, a, a company down here in New Zealand that's that's actually got a, a beta product that's launching next week, which is all very exciting. Um, which is kind of um, 
cloud marketplace um, management portal for, for, for platform as a service built on top of Cloud Foundry. And, and those guys, you know, I was attracted to them because two super, super smart guys totally understand the space. Uh, clearly, they need help, you know, building some profile or whatever. But when it, terms, when it comes to having a level of conversation that is up there with the best in the world... Um, when you can see two people that are doing it, despite having never actually sat down face to face with anyone in the in the broader cloud foundry ecosystem, you know when you can achieve that from a little old New Zealand, then you know give it some money and give it some exposure to to you know to, to, the, to the right people face to face, and and that can do that can do amazing things. So that so that's pretty exciting. Yeah. So. And you you bring up an interesting point in the fact that. Do you even need to be in Silicon Valley anymore? You know, you got CloudAbility up there in Portland. You got guys in New Zealand. I mean, for the longest time, it's always well. You need to be in Silicon Valley, but do you? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, you, you you may not need to live in Silicon Valley, but you need to spend a heck of a lot of time in Silicon Valley. And so, Matt from CloudAbility, sure, they live in Portland, but um, last year or earlier this year. Uh, maybe like last year, they were doing you know Techstars Cloud in San Antonio, and so based there essentially. Uh, Matt is in Silicon Valley pretty much every week, as is Jr. and, and, and a bunch of the other people. And, you know, I'm I'm there um, at least once a month, and more often, um, you know, quite often more more than once a month. And so the reality is, is no, you do not need need to to live in Silicon Valley, but you're you you need to have a mind shift to where you. Um, essentially, think in Silicon Valley, and so I, I run. I run a West Coast time zone. Um, I, you know, I mean, I, I always talk about the fact that I'm in New, in New Zealand, but I, I kind of make a joke about it because I live on a farm and I've got sheep walking around the place. But in terms of where my mind's at and where I consider myself, uh, I, I'm, I'm essentially a, 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 a Silicon Valley worker. Yeah, no, I, I would having having worked for both East Coast and West Coast companies, I I, I kind of agree. I think. You know, it's like you said. You, whether you physically live there or not, you you kind of have to adapt to their time zone. So you have to sort of be available when when they're available. So you appear to be there. Um, I think to a certain extent, you you have to be keeping. I don't know if you have to keep track of so much the mainline stuff that's going on out there, but you do have to pay attention to the the kind of the underbelly of what's going on because because that there's that inherent paranoia and there's that inherent. Um, I may have screwed up the last company, but I'm doing the next company stuff that you always kind of have to have your fingers on. And um, but but yeah, I mean, Aaron, you're you're kind of right. I mean, the, the proximity of where you are anymore kind of doesn't isn't as big a deal, right? I mean, Amazon's out of Seattle, and they won't let you typically work anywhere from Seattle. And Stratus is up in Minnesota, for God's sake. I mean, you know, Rackspace is down in San Antonio, and um, so yeah, it, it is it is sort of different. I think uh, uh, you know what's yeah. going on there. And, it, it, it is, but the interesting thing is, you know, so in Stratus, you know, perfect, perfect example, you know, in Minnesota, wherever that is. Um, right. But, you know, James is in Silicon Valley, and yep. and um, I've only ever seen George uh, in Silicon Valley or in New Zealand. Actually, I have to say, seeing they've got a development, uh, a lot of development going on down here. So um, again, same kind of deal. Yeah. Well, in a quick, quick George Reese story, you know, Brian and I, um, I, I don't know if that was the first time you ever met him, Brian, but I, I met. Uh, him at VMworld last year. Um, they had a little uh, expert party and all that, but based off of uh, his Twitter conversations lately, I'm pretty sure he won't be making it this year. <laughs> I was going to say, when you, when you said George Reese at, at VMworld, it's, um, yeah, there's it's an un, un, unholy relationship going on. Yeah. 
So let me uh, let me let me shift gears sort of once again. I want to I want to come back to something that um, I, you're involved with, like really heavily involved with, which I think is is pretty cool. So um, you know, we talked about kind of this this sort of changing trends in the industry. We've talked about you know how um, businesses and 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 small companies are sort of having to change to to adapt to stuff. And then in the middle of that is, is is the people that are that are involved with it, whether they're they're writing software, it's an open source type of involvement, or it's people that are trying to learn. You're kind of involved with that as well. So so talk a little bit about um, first what you do with Cloud U uh, with Rackspace, which I think is pretty cool. I've been through the program or at least done the online piece, and then contrast that from a learning community's perspective, which is which is you know kind of somewhat infrastructure centric, cloud centric to like some of the work that you do around something like the defrag or GlueCon, which is very software development, developer centric. Um, sure. So, I mean, given my background, um, I'm, I'm not an engineer. I'm not a technologist per se. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a business guy. Um, I still, you know, I still own, um, I don't know how many businesses um, completely unrelated to tech, you know, a, a manufacturing business, uh, you know, some commercial property businesses, a bunch of different things. And so, you know, at the end of the day, my my bottom line is technology is there to solve the, the problems that people have. You know, I remember first dealing with technology, you know, 20 years ago when I was I was doing spreadsheets on an Apple something or other, I don't know what it was, um, and, and early, early Apple, and, and I saw the technology could fundamentally help a business. And so if you... From, with that with that perspective, then it's really frustrating to now spend time inside the technology industry where, despite being a bunch of great friends, the Clouderati spend you know, huge amounts of time arguing definitions and, and, and wrangling acronyms, which doesn't actually help mom-and-pop business to understand, hey, how can Google Apps help my business? And it, and it really is as simple as that. You know, I have email... Right now, I have to run a mail server. How can how can you take me out of that hell? Because I don't want to run a mail server. And so, long story short, you know, I I, I saw that and it, and it was really really painful. And what I wanted to do was run a a really sort of broad brush, very very one hundred and one education program about cloud. Um, luckily, I, I was talking to a bunch of Rackspace people, and and I said this is what I do, what I want to do, and and they they bought into that vision. And, and came on board and sponsored it, and I, I think it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting case study because um, there was always a concern when I announced what I was doing that oh you know Ben's going to go work for Rackspace and it's all it's all terrible. Um, you know I don't work for Rackspace; they they sponsor the CloudU program, but have have allowed it to be really really vendor neutral. And so if you look at the the, the course content and the examinations and the and the uh, coursework, um, you know obviously there's a Rackspace logo on it, but Rackspace isn't mentioned throughout the text. It really is. It really is completely vendor neutral. And and my perspective on that is that, you know, we're in we're in the absolutely tiny early days of this industry. We're we're completely paleolithic, and so there's no point arguing and fighting over market share because we're hitting one percent of the addressable market. We're all better as an industry, as as vendors, as analysts, as commentators, as as whoever. We're all much better to simply grow the knowledge, to grow the number of people that understand and use cloud. And in five years' time, when we've reached 60% you know, market saturation, then we can argue over market share. But until that time, 
we're, we're doing everyone a disservice by, by by getting into battles. And so, so CloudUse, yeah, it's it's very one on one. A lot of people have been when it, when the course content started to come out, people were critical, saying, "Oh, you know, this is basic." Though and it's like, well, that's my point. The whole point is that you know, I I, I use my my, my um, friends and and colleagues in in the area that I live as as kind of a, a great testing bed because you know I, I, as I said I, I live on a small farm I live in a rural area um, if I was to go down to you know my local community and say you know what is cloud computing um, they would obviously talk about the weather because clouds are pretty big in farming areas um, and not and and not have a clue and so that that is my ideal person that's the sort of person that I want to give a, ver- a 101 progression to understanding at least to be able to in a position, be in a position where they can ask sensible questions. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Over, over here we have this uh, joke, you know, explain it to me like a five-year-old or explain it to me like a fifth grader. You must walk around going, explain it to me like a sheep farmer. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and think about this too. Not only there's two sides of it. Um, obviously, there's the simplify it for people that maybe don't necessarily know a lot about it. But I also look at it this way too. Just like you were saying, sometimes it's the whole technology for the sake of technology as opposed to solving a business issue. And too many people that are in our industry get too caught up into technological advantages and this and that. But at the end of the day, we're solving business problems. And when when we as technologists, when that light bulb goes off, and you start presenting things in business drivers or business needs, that tends to be a major leap forward in a lot of careers as well. When it's not just sh- just chasing the latest shiny technology. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's absolutely right. Yep. Yeah. Now, now contrast that to you know the the more developer communities, and and you're acting like you mentioned you're less as a technologist and more as a uh, you know helping facilitate getting things around. You know, one of the things that I'm trying to figure out, and, and we keep coming back to, you know, we're, we're very much in the early days, but, um, you know, Adrian uh, over at Netflix has, has started joking around that you can't have a cloud conference these days unless you mention him in every single one of the sessions or every single one of the presentations. Are, are we still really, I mean, that, that when comments like that come out, I and mean, they're kind of tongue in cheek, but they're also, they're, they're, there's some reality to it that says like, wow, we are really, really at an early stage because we're still... It is still just a few folks of the Clouderati and an Adrian from Netflix, or a, you know, it's it's you know this thing that Aaron and I have talked about. The examples are always Netflix, Zynga, you know, so and so and so and so. Like, how do how do we help the communities move past that? I mean, what what do you see as like in the defrag the the glue community? I mean, what what do you see in that that encourages that says it, it's going to start expanding more quickly? Yeah, it's interesting, and I think um, you're absolutely right. I mean, I was um, watching uh, Gigrome Structure from from afar last week um, when uh, Adrian, it was really interesting because Adrian was in the audience apparently, and yet his name was used by um, two sides in the Cloud API War, uh, which was was kind of hilarious. And the great thing about Adrian is... um, He's a lovely, lovely guy and really humble, and so other people in that position could could use that power and and and, and use that credibility for 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 bad purposes. But luckily, with Adrian, um, he doesn't, and he's he's a fantastic guy. Um, I think. Um, actually, what was the question? <laughs> I, I got off on a tangent there. Yeah, no, I, I uh, no. My my question was kind of. Um, 
you know, it's, it's, it's fantastic that there's folks like Adrian who are willing to kind of give back and be so vocal about what they do because what they do is different. But are you starting to see any signs that, that we're moving past everybody referencing Netflix? I mean, are we, you know, Christian's a, Christian Riley's a great example because he's talking about it from the perspective of a large enterprise that basically, you know, builds uh, brick and mortar, physical brick and mortar uh, bridges and airports and stuff. And, and so it's, it's not this, it's always these digital only companies, but are you starting to see more examples of just different types of companies that are coming out and saying, we're adopting these new cloud principles. We're doing new things. I mean, do you, do you see that in any of the other communities, more developer-centric communities yet? Yeah, yes and no. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that, you know, every every mainstream event still wants Adrian, still wants Zinger, still wants, as you say, you know, the usual suspects. Um, I think the, the, the difficulty we have is that, you know, so the other day, um, a couple of weeks ago, I was in New York, and when I was there, I met a... Uh, doing um, crazy real-time uh, financial in- services industry analytic calculation stuff, rocket science stuff. Um, and they have just, you know, they, they've been going for about 10 years doing, you know, providing financial um, service companies with, with, with software. And they've just done a partnership with, with actually another New Zealand company called Green Button to do to do all the stuff in the cloud. And, and basically it's, it's a kind of... Um, it's a cloudy take on high-performance computing, if you will. Okay. And, and and the interesting thing there is that, you know, I mean, heavily, heavily regulated industry, an industry that one would think would be very against using the cloud, and yet it's happening. And, and so I think there are definitely great case studies occurring, but more often than not, the users don't want the world to know about it. <clears throat> and so I got to talk to the software company that's doing the stuff, but I didn't get to talk to any any customers, or if I did get to talk to customers, I didn't get to actually you know name names. Yeah. And so so a, a lot of stuff's happening, but a lot of stuff for commercial reasons is behind you know but b- behind the wall. And and with Netflix at the end of the day, it makes for a great story, and it just gets them some more attention. And because they are so dominant, they've got nothing to lose by telling the story. And so I, I you know the reality is that is the way it's going to be for the foreseeable future. Um, I am excited. You know, I'm also involved, along with uh, a colleague, Paul Miller, in the UK, uh, helping out with, with VentBeat's CloudBeat event, uh, which is in November in, in, down in Redwood City. And so we're, we're focused there on, on absolutely telling sort of case study stories. And so it is really exciting to hear, um, when, we're, when we're seeking submissions for case studies, to hear these really, really neat case studies that aren't Netflix and aren't Zynga that potentially are quite a, a, a small company but you know leveraging cloud to do some, some incredible things and last year we had a great story where um, it seems like I'm pulling out all the New Zealand examples but no, a, a, New Zealand, um, a New Zealand um, you know, bespoke development shop built this pretty amazing um, business intelligence tool where they were trawling uh, they'd built this tool for a, a company in Australia, and they were trawling literally hundreds and hundreds of, of data sources, you know, of, of media sources. And, and if you think of it as, as a modern equivalent of, of, of a clipping service, where in the old days you paid someone to you know, clip new, newspapers and magazines, they were, they were trawling hundreds and hundreds of media feeds and, and giving um, you know, high-level corporate insights into into sentiment, into you know where companies were being mentioned, and that, that was all built. In that case, it was built on top of Heroku, and and they could use the cloud to kind of 
forget about servers, um, which is kind of what, what we've been talking about for years. Um, so those kind of case studies, you know, they're not nearly as high profile because everyone in the world knows what Netflix is, and so it's an easy it's an easy sell. But kind of more exciting to see, you know, half a dozen developers down in New Zealand leverage the cloud to build something that they simply wouldn't have been able to do before. Yeah, that that part's that part's very very cool, and those are those are always the stories that are really kind of the most interesting, the ones that that don't focus on well, we we did this or that, and we saved ten percent. It's it's the ones that, like you said, um, you know, do something you never could do before, uh, changed a market that you never would have necessarily, you know, kind of got around a big barrier or a, an incumbent. Um, so th- that'll be interesting. So um, yeah, send us the details. We'll make sure that we uh, we'll kind of get it into our into our show notes so folks can know about the event that you're having down in uh, down in Redwood City. Um, well, listen, uh, Ben and Aaron, I think we're sort of hitting that, that spot, sweet spot where folks start uh, tuning us out. Um, but I want to thank you so much for being on today. You were, uh, along with, with Chris Hoff, you were kind of our white whale, the one we, we've been wanting to get on the show for a long, long time. Uh, we always had scheduling challenges, so I really appreciate you making the time for us today. Um, one last thing, and, and then Aaron, I'll let you, let you take us out and we can kind of find out where Ben's going to be. Um, I want to thank all of our listeners. Um, we're not sure what we've done differently over the last couple of months, but our, our listenership has gone way, way up. Um, so we want to thank everybody that listens. If you like the show, tell a friend, um, tell a grandmother, see if she understands what we're talking about, kind of go through that same uh, litmus test. Um, but as part of doing that, um, we've had a number of very smart people who've approached us and said, hey, can we get involved with the show? We like what you guys do in terms of giving back knowledge. So we've got some things that we're not totally ready to announce yet, but we've got a, a couple of new things that we're going to expand upon um, in terms of both geography and, and, and the types of topics we talk about. So you'll you'll start seeing those over the next couple of months. And uh, the other thing that, that Aaron's been beating the crap out of me about and we're we're going to finally do something about it is uh, we realize both the audio quality and the video quality of a lot of the stuff we produce is, is kind of amateur. So we're going to uh, get our act together and clean up both the audio and the video quality of uh, a lot of the stuff we do. And hopefully uh, folks like that a little better. So um, Aaron, yeah, we, I, know you're, I know you're looking forward just, to some of that. Yeah. So we, we just didn't think anyone would notice. And then people actually complain. So we're like, Oh no, people are, people are watching it. We got to clean it up. <laughs> yeah. So, so very cool. Well, Aaron, listen, uh, I think we're running short of time. You want to take us home? Yeah, absolutely. So we're out of time for this week. So, Ben, where can everyone follow you and find out more about what you're doing in the world? Sure. So um, probably the best thing is Twitter. Uh, my name is Ben Keeps, so B-E-N-K-E-P-E-S. Um, follow me on Twitter. I'm, I'm always stoked to, to talk to my peeps. Um, and I'll see some of you in the U.S. If you ever see me at an event, um, I'm, I'm pretty distinctive. Um, come and say howdy because I always like to. To, to talk to people. Awesome. Very cool. So you can follow us on Twitter at the CloudcastNet, or you can reach us on the web at thecloudcast.net. And you can also, so the complete aside here, um, something that's really, really cool. So I, I usually get everything through iTunes, but if you do um, the new iCloud or Music Match, it turns out they don't do anything with podcasts. I found this out the hard way recently. But they just released, Apple just released a new podcasting app that you can get on the phone. So if you're using Music Match and you're not, you know, you just want to download everything straight to your phone, you can use that. Um, another very, very cool app that's out there that I use a lot is um, Instacast, which allows you to both stream and download podcasts straight to the phone. So quick, quick, completely public service announcement on the side there. Um, some very cool apps that just came out in the last uh, couple weeks uh, that are definitely worth checking out. So... 
With that said, we want to thank everyone for listening. And Ben, again, thank you very, very much for your time. And uh, we'll talk to everyone soon. Thank you very much.